Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. I want you to turn to St. Luke chapter 17, and we're going to get started with the Word of God today. It's going to be on the screen, and you can stand and follow along. I'm going to read it, and we're going to hear what God has to say today. Luke 17, you may have heard this story before, but I, I believe it's going to be it's going to be really good. Luke 17 and verse 11. Y'all there? Y'all ready? The word of God says out of the King James Version today, because the King James Version has um, some clarity that I want to draw on. It says verse 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. That's Jesus. Verse 12 says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God, he turned back and he fell down on his face at his feet, at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto the man, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Remain standing. I'm going to preach from the topic entitled, The Untouchables. The untouchables. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given unto us, for we desperately crave the word of God. The word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our pathway. And your word is hidden in our hearts that we will not sin against you. Now breathe on this word today, God. Let it be life-changing unto our souls and in our hearts. And we give you praise, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. How y'all doing today? Y'all got to talk back to me today because um, I like folks that interact with the sermon. The untouchables. The untouchables. In our story today, um, Jesus encounters 10 lepers. And if you know anything about leprosy, you will understand that leprosy was a skin disease. It was a very contagious skin disease that would leave the skin um, debilitated. It would leave the skin very feeble and frail. It would leave the skin with scales. 
and whiteness. Um, it would affect the epidermis layer of the skin to the point that the skin would be very shriveled, very frail. And, and leprosy was a very contagious illness. So contagious that back then, the way that they would deal with the epidemic of leprosy is that they would quarantine all of the lepers. They would tell the lepers to go and to live in a separate, secluded area of the village, that they would not come in contact with the rest of society. So if you were a leper, imagine your lifestyle. Uh, many lepers, they did not die immediately, but they continued to live. So they had to live in leprous houses. They had to go to leprous restaurants. They, they went to uh, leopard-filled birthday parties. They went to leper, leper, uh, leprous rather, uh, funerals. They, they, they lived their lives around other lepers. They were not able to come in contact with the rest of society because they were so contagious. But the Bible, if you are a Bible reader, you also know about a special case that the Bible lets us know in 2 Kings. I believe it's chapter 5 where it tells us about a man who had leprosy and his name was Naaman. He had leprosy, his name was Naaman, but he, uh, it was something special about him because he was a high-functioning leper. He, he was such a high-functioning leper that he, uh, he rose to be the captain of the Syrian army. He was a successful leader. He was a successful commander. But beneath the armor that he wore, he had leprosy. So this leper was different from all the other lepers that we see in the Bible because Naaman was able to interact with normal society, everyday life, everyday people. He was able to interact with them. Not only was he able to engage them, but Naaman was highly successful in his life. He was a commander. He was a leader. But the Bible says that he had leprosy. Consider Naaman, a highly successful individual, but beneath the, the armor that he wore, he had this skin disease. Now that lets me know that Naaman is a unique individual, that he could have leprosy but still function and still be quite successful. It gives us insight to the fact that maybe we could be carrying certain issues on the inside, but yet be successful in our everyday lives. It lets us know the principle that oftentimes we could be the manager or the CEO or the executive or the principal or the mother or the father or, or we could be the business owner on the outside and, and be quite successful in what we do, but be unsuccessful in who we are. Yeah, because there's a difference between being great in what you do and being great in who you are. 
because God really requires you be uh, quite more or, or be more successful in who you are than be more successful in what you do because people will applaud you and praise you for what you do but what you do is not always who you are. Mm -hmm. And we often try to get the achievements in life or we often measure our achievements in life based on what we do, not who we are. But God did not allow Naaman to continue to go through life as a leper, but his leprosy began to eat at him to the point where he desperately wanted to be healed from his leprosy because Naaman realized that what he did as captain of the Syrian army could not trump who he was and he had to eventually deal with who he was because that's the thing about what we carry. We become very, very good at carrying what we do and showcasing what we do. And, and allowing what we do to be the thing that defines us. But it's really not what defines you. What you do does not define you, but who you are defines you. And don't allow what you do to camouflage the unhappiness about who you really are. Because a lot of us are really unhappy on the inside. But we showcase what we can do and we flex our muscles on the outside as a way to camouflage that we're really unhappy on the inside. So we have Naaman, who was a leper in 2 Kings. And we have these 10 men that were lepers in Samaria. And this is very interesting because they have to know and understand who they really are. They have to come to grips with the fact that they are lepers. You have to come to grips with the fact of who you really are and the area in which you struggle. Because often we don't want to admit the areas that we struggle in. We, we want to we wanna put on armor. We want to put on a front as if we don't struggle. So these 10 lepers... They knew who they were. They didn't have an issue so much as to who they were or admitting who they were because they realized they had a skin disease and they realized that they had to live outside of normal society. So it's funny to me how we often go through life not admitting some of the issues that we struggle with. You know, this week was a funny week for me. It was an interesting week because this, I, I'm realizing, y'all, I'm realizing that when you become a pastor, you have to be really secure in yourself and who you are. And you also have to be willing to laugh at yourself because when you're on the stage, when you're a pastor, it's just inevitable. Inevitable. People are going to want to make fun of you. They're going to want to take jabs at you. They're going to, because, you know, last week I got Jermaine up here and he's doing his impression of Pastor Mark. 
you know, after service, he's grabbing the mic. He's doing his impression of Pastor Mark. And all I could do is laugh. I don't take it seriously. I just laugh because because it just comes with the territory. You just got to be able to laugh at yourself. And, and this week I, I came across a um, somebody had taken my pictures off of Facebook and they had used them on this dating site and used my pictures to portray themselves. Um, it's, it's, the, it's, the, uh, it's the trendy term called catfished, right? Um, when somebody takes your photos and uses it on the internet to actually pose it as themselves, but it's not really themselves, they're using somebody else's photos. So somebody had taken my photos and, and were using it to pose as themselves. And, you know, I'm walking around and I'm, I'm seeing the people that go to Link Church and some of them are calling me Edwin, you know? And, and I just got to laugh. I, I just got to laugh because they like, what's up, Pastor Edwin? What's up, Edwin? And you just got to laugh it off. And I realized in that experience that I'm not really the victim, even though my pictures were used fraudulently. I, I'm not the victim. The true victim is the person that thinks that telling a lie to other people is is somehow going to give them the peace and the fulfillment that they desperately need. And the worst lie that you can tell is the lie that you tell to yourself. Uh -huh. and, and you've got to be able to admit to yourself where you are leprous. And, and where in your life you have leprosy. And these 10 men realized that they were leprous and that Jesus was coming their way. Now they were excited and happy because they had heard about Jesus. If you read Luke chapter 17 in context, you would realize that Jesus is going through Samaria. He, he's going through Samaria, but he's on his way to Jerusalem. Uh, Mike, if you could go to Samaria, because Jesus is now on his way to Jerusalem by way of Samaria. And if you understand the geography, you would realize that you don't have to go through Samaria in order to get to Jerusalem. Because Samaria is a roundabout way. You, it is a detour. It is out of the way, the normal route to Jerusalem. And, and a Bible reader will look at it and say, why is Jesus going through Samaria? But Jesus is going through Samaria because he has unfinished business in Samaria. But that, that this is at the point where Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead. And the clock is starting to tick towards Jesus's crucifixion. And Jesus is on his way to go into Jerusalem where he's going to ride on a donkey and they're going to hail him and praise him and cry Hosanna. But before he gets to Jerusalem, he has to go through Samaria. A good Bible reader would realize that this is not the first time that Jesus is going through Samaria. 
Oh, y'all got to preach with me today that that my Bible tells me in John chapter four that Jesus takes a detour um, through Samaria. And the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria because there is a woman that is he has to meet at a well because this woman is dealing with her own spiritual leprosy. And she is so promiscuous that she's trying to find hope, peace, and love in husbands. And she has had five husbands, and she is on her sixth husband when she meets Jesus. And Jesus takes a detour into Samaria because Samaria is not a region that Jews would often go through. Because Jews and the Samaritans, they don't have any interaction. So Jesus goes out of his way and goes through Samaria to meet this woman so that he can change this woman's life. And maybe it was the testimony of this woman when she went back into the village and said, come see a man that told me everything that I had ever done. Maybe it was her testimony that reached these lepers that now in the in the latter half of Jesus's ministry, he's going through Samaria and these 10 lepers know who Jesus is. Uh-huh. But I am so glad that Jesus comes again into Samaria because Jesus is not quick to go to the cross without going through Samaria again. And I don't know about you, but I am glad that Jesus chooses to go through Samaria again. Because maybe you don't have this testimony, but I have the testimony that says I am glad that Jesus came back and touched me again. I'm glad that Jesus didn't just call my name one time, but he kept on calling me until I answered. Maybe you were born saved. Maybe you came out the womb saved. But I have a testimony that I did not answer the call of Jesus the first time. I did not answer God's call when he initiated it the first time. But he had to come back and knock on my door again and I'm wondering if there's anybody in the auditorium today that is happy about the fact that God came through Samaria again mm -hmm. that that he had to go through Samaria again because there was unfinished business in Samaria and you did not answer God's call the first time you did not answer God's call the second time but he had to come through Samaria again and I wish there was somebody who could lift their hands or clap their hands or say thank you Jesus for coming down my street again I did not hear your voice the first time I did not respond the second time but you can't kept on knocking until I answered and are you happy about the fact that God kept on pursuing you and he came through Samaria again that there, that there is somebody somebody on the street corner today there is somebody in your job or at your job this week that needs to know that Jesus wants to go through Samaria 
again. That he won't leave without going through Samaria again. These lepers were the untouchables. You could not touch them. You could not walk with them. You could not breathe their air, their environment, because they were the untouchables. And I don't know if you've ever been in such an isolated place in your life where you felt like you were one of the untouchables. That, 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 that Satan had so isolated you in your mind and in your emotions and in your struggle that you felt like you could not, and you could not interact with your friends. You, did not, you, you could not interact with your family properly because you would always just fight or have, or have strife. Because one of the greatest tactics of the enemy is to quarantine you, to isolate you, to make you feel like you are one of the untouchables, that nobody wants to come close to you, that what you're going through and what you're struggling with, nobody wants to even uh, interact with you or engage with you because the devil does not want you to be exposed. Because he knows that exposure is actually the help that you would need in order to get free or healed from your leprosy. The devil knows that if you get exposed to a good church. The devil knows if you get exposed to a good ministry that is teaching Bible principles. The devil knows that if you ever connect to a small group. Mm -hmm. That's the exposure you will need in order to get free from your leprosy. And, and that's the thing about being a leper is that you feel isolated. You feel untouchable. And, and, and I'm really pulling on the last sermon I preached when we were talking about Joshua and we were talking about the crossing through the Jordan and how the Jordan River was a dirty river. And at the time that the children of Israel were going to cross through the Jordan, the river was flooding. It was at its high point because it was the season where the river would flood and it was a dirty river. And I was talking about how the priests were carrying the holy presence of God and they were holy priests touching a dirty river. And how there, there was contact between that which is holy and that which is dirty. And how Christ has come to touch that which is dirty. That Christ being holy wants to come in contact with that which is dirty. And, and I'm really pulling on the thought of, of untouchable and the untouchability of our sins because we often feel like we are so trapped and quarantined in our struggle that God cannot touch us. Mm -hmm. that, that, that there is no small group that can help us. There, there is no church that can really speak to our issues. And so we move from place to place. We, we wander in our own leprosy. Because we feel untouchable. And Jesus, let me get back to the text, goes through Samaria. And I want you to understand that a Jew Jesus is healing Samaritan lepers. 
Oh, that's good. That, that a Jew that's not supposed to connect with Samaritans. He's not only connecting with the Samaritans that are not con- contagious, but he's connecting with those that have leprosy. And so if we push in the text, it's really important to see that they see Jesus coming afar off. And they cry out to him, Master, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus' response is important, y'all. Mike, if you could go to the scripture, I believe it's maybe verse 13, where, where it says that, that Jesus turns to them. Go to 14. It says, Jesus turns to them and says, go show yourself to the priests. When they say, have mercy on us, Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests. Now, according to the culture of the day, according to Jewish history and Jewish law, you got to understand that if you are a leper, go back to the scripture, please. If you are a leper, you have to realize the only way for you to be determined or deemed clean, you would have to go see the priest. The priest would be the one that would inspect your leprosy to see if it had dried up. So the priest is the one that is going to confirm that you are in fact free from leprosy and you are now able to walk into everyday society and interact with normal people. So you had to first go to the priest and the priest would tell you, yes, you are healed. And Jesus says to them, go and show yourself to the priest. Jesus does not tell them that you are healed. He does not tell them that you are cleansed. Jesus does not tell them that you are free from leprosy. He says, go first. And the Bible says, as they were going to the priest, they were cleansed. I think that's powerful for us here because because Jesus says, go first and then the healing will take place. Have faith first and then the deliverance will take place. Trust me first and then I will give you the blessing. Put your hands to the plow first and then you will see the harvest. And the problem with this new generation of Christian is that we're waiting on God to do it first. But God is waiting on us to go first. Oh, I wish I had help in here today. That you're waiting on God to move, but God is waiting on you to move. You're waiting on God to take a step, and he's waiting on you to take a step. You're waiting on God to give you the deliverance, and he's waiting on you to believe him for the deliverance. You're waiting on God to bless the business, and he's waiting on you to write the business plan. You're waiting on God to give you the house, and he's waiting on you to get the realtor oh I wish I had help in here my God in here that God you're waiting on God show me what you have for me and he's saying I need you to go and to do it first you're waiting on God to open up the new job 
and God is waiting on you to put the resume together. I wish I had an auditorium of Christians in here today that knew that God is waiting on you. Uh, find somebody next to you and say, God is waiting on you. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is waiting on you. You got to go to the priest before you are cleansed. You got to save the money first before you can buy the house. Oh my God, I wish I had help in here. You, 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 you've got to put in the application first before you get the acceptance letter because God is waiting on somebody in here to take a step of faith before you see the hand of God move in your life. And is there anybody that has faith enough today to say, I'm going to the priest? Oh, I wish I had an auditorium that would say, I'm going <laughs> to the priest. Yeah, yeah, I I'm going to the priest. When I leave church today, I'm going to the priest. When I leave church today, I'm going to the bank. When I leave church today, I'm calling that investor. When I leave church today, I'm, I'm, I'm putting the plan together. When I leave church today, I'm sending that email. Oh, 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 yes. Because God is waiting on you. As they went, they were cleansed. Because the priest was the one that was going to say that they're healed. Verse 15. If you put verse 15 up for me. It's interesting to see this because the 10 lepers start to walk towards the priest. And as they're walking, they realize they're healed. Jesus is back there. They're on their way to the priest and they realize they're healed. This is remarkable because they get a healing before they expected it. Ooh, that'll preach right there. That they, they probably expected to get the healing when they got to the priest. But oftentimes God will do it before you expect it. And, and I to prophesy to somebody in here today that God is going to do it before you expect it. If you would just step out and go to the priest, before you get to the priest, the blessing is going to be waiting on you. Oh, I, I, I wish I had a room today. Oh, y'all ain't ready for summertime. A, a lot of people, they're not going to get this word today. They're going to have to catch the, the podcast. But, but you're going to hear the word of God that says before you get to the priest, God is going to do it for you. And they're on their way to the priest and they get the healing. And, and this is the interesting part of the text, y'all. Because as one of them saw that he was cleansed, he turned back to Jesus. And he went back to Jesus to glorify him and to thank him and to praise him. And... and, and and the other nine of them kept on going to the priest. 
So you have nine going to the priest and one going back to Jesus. I think this is remarkable here because nine of them are focused on going to the priest and only one of them is focused on coming back and giving gratitude and saying thank you to Jesus. Nine of them are more concerned about being affirmed by somebody that has always passed them by. They were lepers for years, and the priest had always walked past them. And nine of them were more concerned about being affirmed by people that had always overlooked them had always passed them by, had always saw them as insignificant, but yet they wanted the affirmation of those folk that never paid them any attention. But this one guy said, you know what? I don't care about the applause and the acclaim and the praise of people. I want to get the praise. I want to show gratitude to the one that has healed me. Because the power does not lie with the priest, but the power lies with Jesus. And the Christian today is so wrapped up with pursuing the priesthood. We got our collars on. We got our robes on. We got our crosses on. We got all of the garb and all of the holy garments that is wrapped up with the priesthood. But nobody wants to go to Jesus. Everybody wants to be affirmed by people who think that they have always been insignificant. I want to tell you today, stop running for the applause of people that have always overlooked you. Because their praise is not worth your relationship with Jesus. And God wants to see whether or not you're, you're, you're after or desire the praise of people more than you desire a relationship with God. Because this is the problem here. They have a decision to make. Do they follow religion and tradition? Because religion and tradition says, go to the priest. But relationship with Jesus says, there are times when Jesus' voice where God's voice will trump your religion. God's voice will oftentimes trump your tradition. And you've got, to, you've got to listen out for the right now, everyday word of God. For man shall not live by word of bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And could it be that God is telling you something different then, then, then you've come to know through tradition. And you're so wrapped up in the ordinary way of doing things. You're so wrapped up in the traditional way of doing things, even outside of church. You're wrapped up in the fact that if you do it this way, you'll get this result. If you, if you, if you write the business plan this way, it'll work out that way. 
Well, sometimes when you deal with God, one plus one does not equal two. And sometimes he's trying to give you a right now word to tell you you can't follow that formula because he wants to take you into relationship. Let me push here because the priests want to tell these nine men, these nine lepers that they are healed. And they're more concerned about being affirmed by the priest. And I want to tell you today, God is leading me. Maybe he wanted me to forget my notes because I feel like the spirit of God is pushing me today. Pushing me to tell somebody in here that that maybe God is pushing you in another direction. Yeah. That that when God pushed me out of Jersey and pushed me to Charlotte, it was in a different direction than I had come to know and grow up to know and, and come to learn about. It's not that God wanted me to be to be off or to be to be erroneous. But sometimes God has a different path for your life than what other people see. And other people will put you in a box and say, you got to go to the priest. But there'll be something in your heart that'll say, no, I got to go to Jesus. And this one guy goes back to Jesus and he turns around and he falls down on his face and he begins to worship Jesus. And he embodies gratitude. And, and, and I want to say that as this man gets down and he begins to worship Jesus, he falls down on his knees and he falls down before the feet of Jesus. And he wants to say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing me from my leprosy. He is filled with so much gratitude that he desires Jesus so badly that he does not want to go to the priest. He wants to go to Jesus. And he's filled with gratitude. And I want to talk a little bit about gratitude as I finish this up. Because gratitude... It's what God is looking for. Yeah. Gratitude is what God is desiring. Because I'm concerned that this generation is not pursuing God with a heart of gratitude. I'm concerned that this generation wants to be healed but we want to be healed but we really don't want God we want to be healed but we really don't want relationship with God we want to be healed but we really don't want to connect with Jesus we got this modern day Christian today that that doesn't really want Jesus we want church but we don't want Jesus we want the business We want the house, we want the car, we want the career, but we don't want Jesus, hallelujah. And I feel like in my spirit that God wants to speak to a generation. He wants to speak to Christians that want him, 
more than they want what they can get. They want Jesus and they're going back to Jesus for who he is, not for what they, he can do. Mm -hmm. They're going to Jesus because they're desiring who God is more than what he can do because the nine lepers that were going to the priest, they were going to a priest for what the priest could do. They were going to the priest to see how the priest was going to help them. But the one that went back to Jesus was filled with such gratitude because he wanted Jesus for who he is. And, and, and I want to speak to a group of Christians that are not following Jesus for the house. You're not following Jesus for the new car. You're not following Jesus for the possessions, but you are so grateful for what God has done for you that you want Jesus more than anything. And you realize that a relationship with God is worth more than what any priest can do for you. It's more than what the boyfriend can do for you. It's more than what the alcohol can do for you. It's more than what the sex can do for you. You're not after the stuff, but you're after Jesus. And are you grateful for what Jesus, for who Jesus is and not for what he can do? Are you really grateful? Hallelujah. Are you really grateful? Are you grateful for how he has given you new life? Hallelujah. Are you grateful for how he has cleansed your soul? Do, do you ever run to the presence of God and just bow down before him and say, God, thank you for keeping me. Thank you that, God, I did not die in the car wreck. Thank you, Jesus, that that sickness did not take me out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. God, I, I want the stuff, but if you never bless me financially, I'm grateful for who you are. And what happens after this is so important. And this is why I read it from the King James Version. And... And if you go to verse 19, if you, if you see how the man is down before Jesus and he's down on his knees. And verse 19 says, if you could put it up, verse 19 says that Jesus says to this man, the last verse, that your faith has made you whole. Yes. That, that your faith has made you whole. Yeah. That when you were going to the priest, you were cleansed. But now that you're down before Jesus, you're whole. 
And I want to show you that there's a difference between being cleansed and being made whole. That a priest can help you to be cleansed. But Jesus is the one to make you whole. And nine men missed out on wholeness because they kept on going after the priest. And this man was made whole because he dared to show Jesus gratitude. And this is the difference that Jesus makes. I want to tell you that religion can cleanse you. Matter of fact, let me say it differently. Jesus cleansed them. So Jesus is the only one that can cleanse. Mm -hmm. And religion can affirm the cleansing that Jesus gives you. But when you go back to God, and you fall down and you show him gratitude, that's when he starts the process to wholeness. And I want to tell you, if you want to be whole, you got to come back. Yeah. If you want to be whole, you got to come back. Because there are only certain things that a relationship with God can give you. You see, the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. You don't have to be Christian to get money. You don't have to be Christian to have a successful business. That, that God will bless people. He will cleanse people. You know God is healing people in the hospital right now that are not Christians. Because God will bless and heal who he wants to. But I'm telling you, it's only Christians that have a relationship with Christ that experience wholeness. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.